Welcome to The Book Hub, an online event space hosted by Luther Seminary. In this episode, Elizabeth Hagen, author of Brave Church, and Rosalind Hughes, author of Whom Shall I Fear, discuss tough conversations in the church. Welcome to this Book Hub event hosted by Luther Seminary's Faith Lead. I'm Leanne. I'm part of the Faith Lead team. And we have two experienced church authors and pastors, um, Elizabeth Hagen and Rosalind Hughes, uh, both with their second books. Uh, here to lead us today in something I know we are all dealing with. Uh, which is how to have tough conversations, keep people talking to each other, not leaving the table, still in it by the time we're done with the conversation. So I'd like to introduce you to Rosalind and Elizabeth. Elizabeth Hagen um, has been a pastor thirteen years, and she is making it a practice of writing about taboo topics. Uh, this is her second book about having brave conversations, and she will tell you more about that as we go. Uh, Rosalind Hughes is an Episcopal priest, and this is her second book, uh, born out of her activism and involvement with um, anti-violence movements. So now I'm going to turn it over to you two to further introduce yourselves and your topic. Thank you, Leanne. We're so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having us today. Um, we um, both, Rosalind and I, are pastors, and so we understand what it feels like to be in congregational life and also to feel the tension of wanting to talk about hard things and feeling like your gospel calling asks you to talk about hard things, but also the tension of how you keep a budget going and how you keep members coming and how you keep your job. I mean, because it can be quite difficult when we find ourselves talking about things that people don't want to talk about. Um, we really would love to hear from you. Um, Rosalind just put a question in the chat about what are things that are the hard things for you to talk about in your context? Um, what, what gets people's blood boiling in your context? We'd really love to hear more, um, which will help guide our conversation. Um, but I um, want to first um, get this started by Rosalind. Will you introduce yourself to us and tell us a little bit more about your work and why you're here today? Thanks, Elizabeth, and thank you, Leanne. Um, and it's a pleasure to be with you all this afternoon. Um, yes, so Whom Shall I Fear came out of um, conversations in my congregation and in the community. And um, so I describe in the preface going to one of those trainings that are offered to faith communities about what to do if, God forfend, um, an active shooter uh, happened in our congregation, in our worship. <clears throat> and the community police officer who was presenting this, this opportunity and this training, there was a lot of good stuff in it, a lot of good advice. But at one point he said, in an active shooter situation, 
realistically, in order to save the most people possible, you're going to have to leave people behind. People who are too old, who are too slow, who can't get out. And in that moment, (laughs) I did exactly what I think probably a lot of you are doing now, which is to imagine myself in my church, looking at my people in my pews and and thinking, yeah, no, (laughs) that's that's not going to fly. That's not how community works. That's not how church works. That's not how the gospel works, right? That the last shall be first, uh, that we, we take care of the most vulnerable. So that was the first, first inkling. And then I had congregation members who went to other iterations of this sort of training and came back saying, we should do this. We should do that. We, we need to do this, that, or the other. And wanting to turn it back and say, but but wait a moment, who's saying that we should do these things? And are they coming out of the culture or out of the gospel, out of our mission or out of their mission, which might have a slightly different, you know, emphasis. And so I really wanted to to take a step back from that culture that's saying, be afraid, do this, that and the other, buy into the culture that is surrounding us with gun violence take a step back and say, what is our mission? What is our gospel? And if we take on some of these things, what impact will we be having on the gospel that we want to share with the community around us? So that's where this all all came out of. And I, I certainly don't get into how your congregation should protect itself or its building or its people, because I can't do that. Um, but what I can do is, is do some guided meditation through the Bible, through the gospel, through our traditions and say, what, what do we think we're here for in the first place? So that's basically where I came out of. Um, but I loved your book that, that then gives us a really good framework for talking about these difficult things. So um, tell, tell me about how did you come to write Brave Church? Well, that's, that's a great question. You know, I, I was, um, when I first wrote uh, my first book, which is called Birth, Finding Grace and Fertility, which tells the story of my husband and I trying to add children to our family all while I was pastoring a local church for over eight years and all the spiritual, emotional struggles that we went through in that long process. You know, I was doing what I, what you do when you write a book. Um, I was speaking at conferences and churches and hanging out with friends of mine who are pastors, you know, but what I found is that infertility was not a topic that people wanted to talk about in congregations. Um, There was this assumption that it was just a topic if you had a large young adult population that people would be interested in, or it was assumed because it has everything to do with sexuality, that that's just not something that we should talk about openly from the pulpit. And so I was asked to kind of tone it down. And I found that to be quite strange because the statistics tell us that one in eight couples deal with infertility. Um, 10 to 15% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. It is happening in all of our churches and has happened, even if it's past tense. And so I began to think, this is, this is odd. And so as I was doing these workshops to have my foot in the door of congregations where I was talking about grief of all types, not just infertility, that we don't talk about in church, 
what I found was there were so many things that we don't talk about. Um, people would come up to me and whisper things, you know, I wish my pastor knew this about me, but I can't talk about it because I don't feel like my church is safe. And that really broke my heart as someone who cares about the church and cares about good things coming forth of people feeling like they're welcome and they're heard and they're understood. And so I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if we had a tool, a better resource to be able to start these conversations? And that's where um, my latest book, Brave Church, um, Tackling Tough Topics Together came to be. Um, it is a book that tackles some of the topics that you all have mentioned in the chat. I really like hearing um, your responses um, about uh, different topics that are really important to you. One of those that I feature is racism. Um, that's a very difficult topic for many of us to talk about in our congregations. I also talk about sexuality, which we know has been such a divisive topic in all the different forms of human sexual experience. Um, I talk about mental illness and mental health, something that's key in so many of our congregations, as well as domestic violence, something that we don't talk about, and also the experience of infertility and miscarriage. And so, you know, this book came out of what I found to be a real need just to have tools to start having those difficult conversations. Because, you know, I think sometimes if we don't start them, um, what's happening in our congregations, there are people who are feeling lost, they're feeling left out, and they're feeling like God does not care about them the same way God cares about someone who could stand up in prayer request time and say, my aunt has cancer, will you pray for her? Instead of, you know, my family's dealing with domestic violence, or I, I don't feel fully safe in this church because of my experience of racism, or I just had a miscarriage this week and my heart is aching. Um, you know, there's, there is such hope and grace when we make a, make church a place where all people, um, can be welcome. Um, and, you know, as I was writing this book, there was, uh, so many more topics I wish I could have covered. Abortion was one of them. I think that's maybe might be the taboo of all taboo subjects when it comes to church and all the strong opinions that are had. I also wish I'd been able to write about sexual abuse, especially as it relates to leadership in the church. That's, that's a, um, another huge topic that we don't talk about. Um, and I'm so thankful, Rosalind, for your book and helping guide us through this, these um, topics of, of how we feel safe in congregations, how we deal with gun violence, how we, how we connect with God in the midst of our fear. Um, it, it such is an amazing resource um, for pastors and for anyone who cares about um, being present in the local church. Well, thank you. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned that about having, you know, there are so many other topics that, that could have come to you. How did you, um, how did you make the selection of which topics to address? Well, that, that is a great question. I, 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 thought about the first, actually the order that the topics are in the book um, is intentional. I started with infertility and miscarriage because I feel like that's something that so many people can relate to and, and even in a non-political fashion that it's just comp such so commonplace, um, the statistics tell us. I proceed from there to talk about um, mental um, illness and mental health because I think that that's also something that we're beginning to talk about more that we have a little more familiarity with. 
And from there, I went to domestic violence. You know, I don't think that I would have included that before I began to do um, the research. But one thing that truly troubled me when I was doing research about domestic violence as it relates to congregational life is how our theology of what we teach and preach um, has so much to do with whether or not a survivor is going to come forward and tell their story, that there are so many theological implications of forgiveness, of, of just telling people just to pray harder or to get over things or the abuse isn't that bad, um, that can be so destructive. And then, you know, racism, how, how can we not talk about racism? I mean, that's pretty, um, pretty much just all we have to talk about racism, especially after um, the year that we had I actually rewrote the chapter on racism after the murder of George Floyd and all that that meant for our country. And, and, um, and then sexuality, how could you write a book about difficult topics in the year 2021 and not mention that? Um, because it has been such a divisive um, conversation point for so many of our denominations. And, um, you know, I, I was just wondering what stands for you um, as you began to talk about this in your own context? Um, what has stood in the way uh, for you of, of having the conversations that you want to have about fear and about guns? Has there, has there been any big challenges um, for you um, as a pastor talking about these things? Um, so I think that... <laughs> That's a huge question. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always a little trepidatious going into the conversation. Um, I will say that, um, and I wish I'd had your book actually a year and a half ago. We, we had a series of, of coffee hour conversations about difficult topics and we talked about abortion and we talked about um, capital punishment and we talked about gun violence. And I think there might've been one more um, that I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, and what I had to trust was that the people who showed up for the conversation were self-selecting to be in conversation. Now, it may help that my congregation is a really small church. And so we do tend to, now, nobody knows each other as well as they think they do, but we tend to know each other reasonably well. Um, and, and that can build a level of trust with being able to share stories. Um, as I say, I wish I'd had your resource to, to lay down some of those tools at the beginning and say, here's the groundwork that we're going to build from in building a conversation. And I may go back and do that with some of those topics because the conversation that we had was great and I think it could go further. Um, one of the things that I will say is that one of the reasons I wrote this book is because I discovered as we got into the conversations that the obstacles were not as high as I thought they might be. Mm -hmm. So in talking, I have colleagues who tell me I can't talk about gun violence in my, in, in my congregation because I look around and I know that this person owns a gun and this person owns a gun and this person uses a gun in their job. And I can't talk about gun violence. And, and I have to say to them, you know, those people don't want, these acts of violence that surround us any more than we do. And they may have tools that, that I don't think of from my background, which is, which is a very, um, very deficient of guns, my background. Um, so that they may think of things that I'm not even thinking of 
because they come from a different culture around guns. And between us, if God can bring our gifts together, we may be able to achieve more than if we never got into conversation in the first place because we were afraid of getting started. Mm, I, I love that. And, you know, that was my that was my experience um, with writing Brave Church. You know, you can sit and think, oh, this is a great idea. Um, but then when you have the opportunity to dialogue um, in congregational life, um, you begin to see um, how, how easy it is, easier than you think it is. And so as I was writing Brave Church, um, I was the senior minister of the Palisades Community Church in Washington, D.C., and we did a whole summer called Brave Church. And so every week I preached one of these topics. Um, we set up the conversation um, that, you know, with uh, the, the Brave Space Rules that I'm going to tell you about in just a few moments. Um, it was kind of a dialogue sermon series. We had time for folks in the congregation to chat with one another in more informal ways as part of the service. And you know what was really cool about me taking the step? And I was afraid. I mean, we can't, we can't say that we're not afraid Absolutely. Um, to begin to start some of these conversations. But what was so cool is that it, it helped bond, bond us in ways in which, you know, weren't um, weren't there before. And, and what happened, you know, as pastors, so many of us are so used to carrying the load of leadership and of new programming, right? Like we're the ones that think of, okay, we're going to do this new thing. And I'm going to, you know, here's our five steps of creating this new program. What happened for me and my context, just to give you a testimony that this actually worked, is that I had folks in my congregation who came up to me and said, after, for example, we did the domestic violence chapter, um, study, and I preached about that, they said, let's do something. Let's celebrate Domestic Violence Awareness Month next October. Let's put up posters about the statistics and helplines in the bathrooms. You know, let's have someone come from a shelter or a women's um, center um, and talk about what that has experienced is like in our local community. And I didn't have to plan it. This all came from them. So, you know, I found that to be so encouraging that if we, we give folks the opportunity to begin to put their toes in the conversation, some really beautiful things um, can happen.